Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm wonderful and terrified all at the same time. So you mean like everyday life now? Well, yes, but more so because, you know, Treehouse of Horror and Halloween oh, is coming up. Oh, right. Treehouse of Horror. Uh, hey guys, we are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only $2 a month. You gain access to all of our bonus content. There's a bunch of other tiers. We encourage everyone to check them out, help the show out, help keep us ad free. Ads are gross. Uh, we have someone to thank, Matt. All right. I like those people. Me too. Chris Halpin. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Uh, before we get on this week's episode, a, a, a programming note, uh, a major hurricane is going to hit Matt's home. <laughs> Literally, the... it's aimed direct, directly at me. Yes, exactly. So by the time you hear this, uh, Matt may or may not have power or internet. So next week's episode, eh? we'll see. We'll try and do it. But, you know, I'm Matt's house is, and pets and life and family and everything is more important. So just a word of warning. If well, there's, if there's we'll no, see. I will, we'll if see. there is no episode, I will put it on social media. But if you're not following us on social media, if there's no episode next Sunday, that's probably why. Yes, but luckily all of our power and internet lines are underground, so you know that's less likely to happen than it would be if we live in an old crappy neighborhood. Can you get less cars parking on your street? That'd be my request. Yeah, I've tried that, but you know, flamethrowers and you know, <laughs> the, you know, giant bombs underneath them doesn't seem to help much. I mean, I hate putting fake tickets on them. The ma- Acme method doesn't work, is what you're saying? Uh? The Acme method does not work. Oh. At this point, I'm trying to locate some surplus uh, car boots just to put on people's cars, <laughs> just to pretend they actually got booted by the government. Uh, okay. This week's episode is Treehouse of Horror, number eight, episode five, FO two. This is the first episode under scully mike scully as a showrunner it is the last episode with brad brad bird working on it after this brad bird went and made iron directed iron giant and many other films after that worked on at pixar and made lots of great movies and is continuing to do so i believe he's working on incredibles too right now continues to make us weep like children yeah exactly uh, originally uh, aired October 26th, 1997, written by Mike Scully, David e- X. Cohen, was S. Cohen at the time, and Ned <laughs> Goldreyer. It was directed by Mark Kirkland. This is the only trust of horror that Mark Kirkland ever directed. Finished 18th of the ratings. Nielsen rating of 11.2. Approximately 10.9 million viewing households. The highest rated show on Fox that week beating King of the Hill. Number one. Whoa. Well, Treehouse of Horrors have always been extremely popular. Yeah, they they remain a constant, uh, even as the, the show, uh, I guess, as all television's ratings fell and fell and fell, the Treehouse of Horrors show episodes have always remained a constant because people always, you can always rely on them to be pretty consistent, honestly. <laughs> it's true. I mean, they're very rarely super terrible. I mean... I can't really think of one even recently where I've been like, these aren't very good. No, they're generally pretty, pretty interesting, even in the years, the seasons I dislike a little bit more than usual. Uh, the couch gag, the family are electrocuted in electric chairs. Yeah, it's, that's a little dark. A little dark. Uh, the episode begins with a sensor being killed. No. Mm, I think we can do without the crack pipe. Oh, hi. As the Fox censor, it's my job to protect you from reality. And thanks to my prudent editing, tonight's special Halloween show has been rated TVG. 
This means there will be no raunchy NBC-style sex or senseless CBS-style violence. So sit back and enjoy a night of worry-free... <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, what the fudge? Oh, for Pete's sake! Oh, Jiminy Christmas! Ah! Darn it. Darn it. Good old darn it. Yep, that's what happens when he gets labeled TV 666 is you gotta throw a darn it in there. I was gonna, yeah, the, the rating is changing as, uh, he is stabbed over and over and over again. Apparently, the re, <laughs> the, the censors had a little bit of a problem with a censor being stabbed on the beginning of this. What? I, I can't imagine why they would have a problem with that. Well, apparently it wasn't the fact that someone was being stabbed, it was more the size of the knife was the problem. It originally was a dagger, but, and they, it was too, gr- and then, so they changed it to a cutlass. And apparently a cutlass is okay? I don't... Well, yeah, because, you know, it's harder to kill someone with a cutlass. It's a little more unwieldy. Therefore, it makes it less likely. Uh, all right. I mean, there's still blood everywhere, and he's getting stabbed pretty... I okay, I don't understand censorship, it, it, like, on for tele- network television sometimes. It's really weird uh, splitting hairs. No daggers, but cutlasses are fine. Well, yeah. I'm... I'm I, hey, if I'm getting stabbed, don't want to get stabbed with anything. No dagger, no cutlass. Ideally, yeah. I, I, there you go. Okay, so we uh, that that is the intro to this to this trio of horror. I always like the ones where they do the special intros. I it, it's always fun to me. Uh, this is ho- the Omega Man is what starts us off, which is obviously a reference to the Omega Man with Charlton Heston, which is also which is a remake of the Last Man on Earth with Vincent Price, and then there's been other films like it. I Am Legend is, you know, an easy reference. Yeah, that, 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 I, I wondered about that because, you know, I Am Legend and the original Omega Man uh, novel or short story, whatever you want to call it, has nothing to do with this. Like, I guess they just thought the title was cool because this has nothing in common with the Omega Man at all. I mean, it's a one guy's left and he's, there's mutants. Yeah, okay, I guess, but I mean, the whole point is like the people who are left are vampires, not mutants. And Don't, that, you Matt, know, are we? Let's not get into ad- the nature of that right, adaptation. Right, it's very, it. very d- difficult. But uh, we we are introduced to, to the to Mayor Quimby, who has angered France with his eth- ethnic humor. This just in: tensions continue to mount between Springfield and France over Mayor Quimby's now famous frog's legs joke. The French president has threatened swift and massive retaliation if he doesn't receive an immediate apology. Stupid frog. We now go live to City Hall for Mayor Quimby's response. I stand by my ethnic slur. Do your worst, you filthy, pretentious savages. Homer, you know how unpredictable the French are. One minute they're kissing a woman's hand, the next they're chopping off her head. What if they start a war? Relax, I built a bomb shelter. That's not going to protect us from anything. Fine, then don't use it. I won't. Good. I know it's good. So do I. I'm happy for you. You should be. You should be. Such an adult uh, discussion there. <laughs> it's Lisa's actually the one who has to sink to Homer's level on that one. Uh, well, yeah. The, the bomb shelter that Homer built is just a cardboard box. With an umbrella on top. I'd like to make sure we include that key fact. Sorry. I apologize. That's what actually turns the bomb away, Robbie. <laughs> I, I, I did not realize about that. Uh, Homer goes shopping for a real bomb shelter. Uh, that I guess Herman sells them out back of his, of the military 
we'd never seen him before. That but seems like the kind of thing he would do. It, he is the prepper. If there was one prepper in Springfield, it's certainly Herman. Uh, Homer walks into the Withstandinator, which is a bomb shelter that can ex- that can was it can can uh, defend against a six megaton blast. No more, no less. Yes, no less. If it's anything less, then the whole thing will just fall apart somehow. It's uh, it's pressure differential. It has to be the exact right amount of pressure differential. Otherwise, it otherwise it, otherwise it will explode. You're right. That's yeah. what happens. It's pressing outward at all times. <laughs> yeah, there's it's a very complex system. I don't try and figure it out. It's just way too complicated mm-hmm. for you. Uh, but the, France uh launched a, they launched a neutron bomb because they won't take the, any offense about them looking like frogs. I guess. Even though th- th- this episode, they they are drawn like frogs in their little war yeah, room. they have the little thing underneath their chins that's just flaring out. Yeah, you know. uh, they launch a neutron bomb, which le bomb neutron. Yeah, there you go in the French. King and Colas make their appearance, almost hit. Uh, which that I, I apparently that little bit of them in it had to be inc- like they had to talk the producers into including it because really the writers did because. They wanted more. They wanted the King and Codus appearance, but it. I mean, it's obviously not essential to the plot. The King and Codus did well, not no. need to be in this at all. I really enjoyed the part that they they call it in and they're like, "Oh yes, I'm writing it all down." So we get to see the King and Codus are not respected on their world. Does that is that King and Codus canon though? Uh, I mean, King and Codus's canon is the Treehouse of Horror episodes. So I'm gonna say yes. Okay, all right. I'm just making. I'm so they are they're, but I don't know. There's other episodes where they. They seem to be a little bit more respected, like in uh, the very first Jurassic Horror. Well, yeah, but you never know. You never know because I mean they, they were they, heading back in the me- in the meantime. In the meantime, they uh, they've lost credibility, perhaps. Maybe, but you know, let's just let them have it. Oh, okay. Uh, but they launched the missile. It is launched directly underneath Eiffel Tower because that is a perfect place to store your missiles, and. Uh, it is aimed directly at Springfield, and uh, we get a choice line from Comic Book Guy. I'll bet I get blamed for this. But Aquaman, you cannot marry a woman without gills. You're from two different worlds. Oh, I've wasted my life. No, he hasn't. He obviously understands the Aquaman <laughs> canon. Nothing more important than that. Uh, I, yeah, the, uh, the, the bomb... I did not include the gigantic explosion noise. I, I did. I did. I did. I wanted to save our listeners' poor ears, poor eardrums. Well, nice some giant explosion. But comic book guy is basically ground zero. He is hit, destroyed, killed immediately. Uh, he did not waste his life, as Matt just pointed out. That uh, is a, a a full and fruitful life of reading comic books. Is I believe they they play. Don't they? Is it a Simpsons movie where they where they play off this line? Where he's about to die and he's happy. Here it is. Yes, I've spent my entire life doing nothing but collecting comic books, and now there's only time, oh. there's only time to say life well spent. Yes, that is it. Yeah, life well spent. Exactly. I needed. I needed. I needed that on the record, which I I concur with the latter. Uh, but Homer is shopping while the, when the bomb hits, so he's fine. It was apparently exactly a six megaton blast. Because Homer survived. Yeah, neutron bombs are weird, though, because I don't think that actually applies. I'm sure they were intending it to apply, because the idea of a neutron bomb, as you can kind of see, is that it it only affects organic matter. Uh, I 
I honestly am not 100% sure a real working neutron bomb has ever been developed, but the idea is it leaves all the buildings standing. There's no nuclear fallout or anything to prevent you know, uh, occupation of that zone immediately afterwards. So the idea is you kill all the people and animals and plant life and whatnot, but all the buildings are still standing. So I don't think that would have uh, you know, harmed the, the, the shelter he was in. He just happened to be indoors when it happened in a fully sealed enclosure so that none of the actual radiation could get into him. So anybody else that's even in like a, a freezer or something would probably have been okay too. Maybe that's where the mutants came from. They were all in freezers. There's still radiation, so it it does still have. It just has a much lower yield, um, right? And it clears much more. Yes. So it's it it it's only to kill all the people. So you still have all those exactly. all those buildings, all those wonderful things. Yeah, things are so much better than people. <laughs> yeah, uh, I well, I don't think uh, the you should. I don't think you should look too hard. At the science used, and especially in a Trails of Horror episode. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Homer doesn't notice everyone is dead until he sees a newspaper that says, "Hey, a bomb's about a bomb is here. A bomb is heading towards." That's a and that's a quick edition of the newspaper. Uh, yeah, right. He's the last one alive, uh, and he has a momentary burst of sadness when he realizes everyone is gone. Everyone's gone, <laughs> little Bart. Little Lisa, little Marge, and the rest. <laughs> oh, I've lost everything. I can't go on. No, no, no. I can't just wallow in sadness. It's time to laugh again. <laughs> I'm the last man alive, and I can do everything I've always wanted. Uh, I mean, that's true, sorta. Well, I mean, it's true in Springfield. Maybe Homer thinks the whole world died. I don't know, but yeah, th- this is just one missile, and all it hit was Springfield. So there's lots of people still around, Homer. Don't worry. Well, I don't. I I think that's another thing you're not supposed to think about when you're watching this little bit. I don't <laughs> think you're supposed to think about the rest of the world. You're supposed to think about Springfield. Springfield is the world, right? In The Simpsons, at least, it's the most important place. Sure. Sure, absolutely. Under the dome. Under the dome. Yeah. Oh my God. I guess if we're getting back to the Simpsons movie, comparing it to Stephen King novels and television shows. Uh, so he's only one left alive. He can do whatever he want. Do whatever he wants. What does he do? He goes to see a Chris Farley movie. Which? How is that still playing? But yeah, whatevs. Ninety-seven. What do you mean? There's Chris Farley movies in nineteen ninety-seven. No, I mean like when the bomb went off. He, Apparently Homer has gotten uh, gotten you know together his faculties enough that the movie is still going on unless he went back there and threaded the film himself. That's what he did. He's a projector. He's, oh, okay. that's his, he's worked that job before, didn't you know, Matt? Uh, knowing Homer, I really wouldn't doubt it. Exactly. He 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 worked at movie theater in high school. That's a Simpsons episode. They haven't talked about that yet, but it definitely did happen. Fair enough. So he goes to see a Chris Farley David Spade movie, and then he dances naked in the church. I mean. Sure. Why not? That's Homer. I'm sure it's something he's always wanted to do. I I mean, it is in character. Also, they had to change it. Originally, they wanted to have him dance on the altar, but the censors also disliked that. So they had him dance in just the front row. Don't see the difference, but okay. <laughs> uh, we meet. Sure. He, he's interrupted, though, uh, by the aforementioned mutants. 
Not everyone died in the blast, Homer. Some of us were merely horribly mutated. <laughs> You're mutants? Uh, we don't like the word mutants, Homer. We prefer freaks or monsters. We're creating a new perfect society in which the mistakes of the past will be eliminated. You know, you must die. Well, <laughs> apparently you're not allowed to be normal. I mean, they have a firm anti-mutant. The mutants have a firm anti-mutant policy. A- Anti-human, you mean? No, anti-mutant meaning anything that isn't mutant has to be killed. That's not what anti-mutant means. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so we get uh, we get Homer and uh, the mutants, which is, was it uh, Sideshow Mel, Moe? Dr. Hibbert, Flanders, Lenny, Mr. Burns, they all made it. Mr. Burns, I'm surprised. Wouldn't he, he in particular, have the most protection against radiation? You would think so, but he's also horrifically immunocompromised, so I could see it working. Three Stooges syndrome? Yep, exactly. All that radiation tried to get in and just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, the... So we get an extended chase sequence, uh, driving through town, Homer in the car, no, in the hearse, excuse me, and the the mutants in a, like, 50s dragster, like, from the that, that cartoon that I can't think of the name. I know you don't know, Matt. You're yeah. not, you're not gonna, I, I, can't, I saw it when I was reading about this episode, but I can't remember it at, off the top of my head. Uh, I, 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 your, your name for it is a ghoulmobile, so that's good enough. Uh, but Homer goes home, which apparently hasn't gone home yet. This is the first time he just goes home after all, all this, all this trouble. And he's surprised to find that his family is still there and they're alive. Homie, is that you? (gasps) March, kids, you're alive. All the layers of lead paint in this house made it the perfect bomb shelter. Oh, come here. Oh, kind of brings a tear to your eye socket. Mm-hmm. In the midst of all the killing and skin eating, somehow we forgot the love. Yeah, ain't that always a way you get nuts with the skin eating? You know, I don't see any reason why freaks and norms can't get along. Yes, yeah, I yeah, yes. yeah, we can all work together to, to build a utopian society free of violence, hate, and prejudice. That sounds beautiful, Ned. And let me just say, my family and I share your vision for a better now! <laughs> Friends with mutants, right. Now that's the Marjai Mary. So, who wants to steal some Ferrari? I mean, <laughs> Marge is right. Like, you probably shouldn't be friends with the flesh-eating mutants. Well, if they continue their flesh-eating ways, I mean, I feel like she should have given them maybe a, a quick chance to see whether they were actually, you know, serious about stopping the flesh-eating. But yeah, I don't, I don't trust those mutants at all. Wow, way to go, right? Way to be racist. Oh, it's or not, mutantist. Hey, something's trying to eat my skin. Sorry, not my friend. Well. Just that once, you know, they got better. I have a no tolerance policy. Zero. Well, there you go. I guess you, I guess you would have followed through with Marge. Yeah, I would have blown them into Kingdom Come with a shotgun. I want to know is how how they had. I didn't. Where did they get those three shotguns? 
it's the Simpsons household. It has as many guns as necessary. I mean, uh, we haven't gotten to the Cartridge Family yet. That's that's actually this season, isn't it? It's uh, our next episode, actually, Matt. Ooh, so yeah, guns are all over the place in the Simpsons household. <laughs> I mean, just look at Maggie's crib. <laughs> Fair point. But that's how that the 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 first act ends, and we go to commercial. And when we come back, we see Fly versus Fly. So it's a mix-up of the Jeff Goldblum movie, The Fly, and also, I assume, Spy versus Spy. Uh, because, well, we'll get to why. Uh, it opens in Professor Frink's garage sale, where he is selling all kinds of fun goo-gaws. Uh, I, I believe there's Floyd, the mopping robot, and... Uh, what's the other? Oh, the uh, mood pants. That's what the other thing that, that Bart comes across. And uh, all of it is available for ridiculously low prices uh, because apparently Professor Frink doesn't know how much some of his stuff is uh, is worth. Um, but uh, uh, hey, hey, Homer... Uh, I, I disagree, Matt. I think... Oh, really? I disagree that he is pricing them be- so low because of the utter danger that they 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 pose to to basically so anyone. sell everything really cheap and then flee the country. I yeah, that's probably I I mean, it's Frank so no, he's not going to do that, but that's I mean, I I think <laughs> he I feel like he has probably iterated on all of these designs, improved on them, and these are the cast-offs. These are the ones that have problems. So he's just like whatever. So he's, he's attempting to get back his investment. Yeah, get whatever he can. So, I mean, would you take a teleporter that if you know that if a even a stray bit of DNA got in there with you from another animal, that you become part of that animal? Probably not, but, you know, the, the science doesn't really support any of that. I mean, even we're talking theoretically, if a teleporter were to actually work, I mean, there's all kinds of DNA inside you. I mean, if you eat, ever eat anything close to a raw plant, you've got the DNA of that plant inside you. So if a teleporter can't do that, then you, you can never use a teleporter because you'd be like, oh, you know, I had a salad for lunch. Whoop, guess I'm part plant. And I guess that explains poison ivy. But still, either way, you're right. That is a terrible invention that no one should probably use. Although you could use it for inanimate objects very well. I mean, he wouldn't transport people, but for goods shipping, it'd be amazing. He could make a ton of money on that alone. I was just letting you go because I was having fun listening to you pontificate about <laughs> I tele- know some really good uses for that yeah, I, I, space I, elevator in general yeah yeah there's a, uh, my favorite teleportation fiction is a short story by Stephen King called The Jaunt it's very very good um, I will look into that it's it's uh, it's premises that we have invented teleportation but if you go through it while you're awake you go crazy because your body goes instantly your mind does not oh well, I mean, the whole premise behind a teleporter in general is faulty because in order for it to work, you would have to be – you would have – basically, you wouldn't teleport. You'd basically be cloning your body as well as your mental state, and mm-hmm. then there'd be two of you at either end. So the only way it would work is if you killed the first copy. So, you know, mm-hmm. teleporting it just doesn't work, unfortunately, the at pr- least for people the or pr- things. The prestige is also has that – there's a premise that is also involves the that very idea. That's true. Teleportation. So, yeah, there's a teleporter. <laughs> There's just a replicator. Star Trek had it right well, yet yet again. What are, what are anyway. we? Oh, The Simpsons, right? She has a four. Yes, The Simpsons. She has a four. Uh, but speaking of the matter transporter, Homer discovers it, and Frank is willing to negotiate. Hmm. I take it from that little impressed noise that you are interested in purchasing that matter transporter, sir. Um. Two bucks, and 
It only transports matter. Well, uh, I'll give you 35 cents. Salt, but I must warn you, this device carries a frighteningly high risk of catastrophic... I said I'll take it. Yeah, no one ever reads the warning label, so why would we expect Homer to? I mean, there's no label, but Frank is the creator and does warn him. But 35 cents, I think, is probably still a good... This is reminds just this reminds me of my dad at, at flea markets where something costs two dollars. <laughs> He's like, I'll pay you a dollar. Like, why just pay the man two dollars? Everything is up for negotiation, Robbie. Everything. That I don't I think Haglin is dumb. Yeah. It comes from when nobody had any money and everyone was trying to get get one over on everyone else. And nowadays everyone's like, look, I don't have time to haggle. Give me a price. I will pay it or I will not. And then I will leave. Haggling is dumb. I mean, I can understand it. Like if in certain situations I can like if they want if I if I agree, if I'm looking at something and I'm like, I like this and I like that. And they're like, well, I'll give you both of them for this much. I'll go and I can take it or leave it. I'll take that's acceptable to me. But I don't want to, like, have to, like, engage in something to, like, get a fair... Like, I don't want it to be assumed that I have to haggle. Like, cars. It's garbage. That's what I say. Sure, you should be able to walk up and say, I want this car. How much is it? Oh, no, that's too much. See ya. Exactly. And I'll have someone say, well, hold on. We can talk about that. I don't, like, no, don't no, want to talk about it. You what give the price me, it's worth. Yeah, give me a good price to begin with. Give me the, the, the price you want to sell at, not the really high price that... <sighs> Homer uses the teleport a lot, Matt. He does. He uses it for the most mundane of activities, uh, including going up and down the stairs, because God forbid you have to go up and down stairs to go to bed at night. Uh, he uses it to get a drink out of the fridge, which, you know, beer, cat ear medicine, same dip, whatever. Although whoever put cat ear medicine in a little can should probably rethink their decisions in life. <laughs> well, how else are you going to get in the cat's ear? So many better ways. So many better <laughs> you, ways. You pour it. You just tip her over and you pour it in. Yeah. Yeah. Out of an aluminum can. Sure. Hey, aluminum's uh, conductive. <laughs> what does that have to do with that? I don't know, man. Bart wants to use a teleporter. However, Homer, uh, who has not exactly been responsible with said teleporter, basically parrots Frank's warnings back to Bart, hits Lisa in the face through the teleporter, blames it on Marge, and tells Bart he will never, ever get to use it. So, of course, what does Bart do? He immediately goes downstairs uh, the next night and attempts to use it. Uh, although, I d I'm not sure he understands how it works because he tells the cat <laughs> that her next stop will be to the bag fault when the exit is sitting right next to him. Maybe if he had been like, oh, yes, I want to put this device in my safe deposit box or in the vault. But I just don't think he's been paying attention <laughs> either he, way. He's a 10 year old. He can't understand yeah. this complicated science. Yeah, it's so complicated. But of course, uh, cats and dogs being what they are, Senator Helper jumps in with Snowball, too, and they go through the teleporter together, their DNA gets mixed up, and you end with one animal with two heads and one animal with two butts, because that makes total sense. Uh, Bart, of course, immediately sees the possibilities in this and, and grabs a nearby fly uh, and says, hey, I can be, you know, a superhero with just a super buff body and wings, because he gets apparently to dictate how the, you know, combination will be. <laughs> well, also, I... He has fly eyes in that in that fantasy he has. Fly right. eyes. No one in who on who wants fly eyes? Mm, dumb kids who don't understand how they work. Okay. That's probably true. But uh <laughs> I mean I understand the buffness, I understand the wings, 
both cool things, but like regular what human about throwing I, goop up on food and then waiting for it to liquefy and then you know drinking uh, it up. No, that's not. I don't want no, that. I don't, what, I don't want, want any of that part. The fly, the <laughs> the I the Jeff Go, Jeff Goldblum, the fly is still to this day a terrifying movie. Uh, way better than the original, and even like I, it's just to, the Brundle fly stuff. Ugh, very. And this, just the little bit they use in this just makes me think of that. Mm, no, thank you. And how yeah. does the two-butted animal work, Matt? Uh, the, I assume you put food in one butt and it comes out the other butt. It's like that South Park episode. I don't. Kind of done. I, I, don't, I don't think I like South Park anymore, Matt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean like, I, not like just right now, but I mean all of it. I don't think I like any South oh, Park wow. ever any anymore. Okay. I've decided. I well, think then. I've hit that point in my life where I don't think I like it anymore. Well, it's okay to be wrong. Just I don't. To live with yourself. There's nothing. I don't. I'm quite happy with the my feelings. The, I'm 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 confused by a lot of things. My feelings about South Park, not one of them. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, uh, Bart goes through the machine with the fly and ends up in a much more likely scenario of Bart with his own head and a fly's body. Uh, he is, of course, somewhat upset by this because it's not what he wanted. But, hey, he gets to fly. So it's it's cool with him. Uh, he hears his family coming, uh, realizes that Homer will probably strangle him, even in his tiny fly form, and tries to fly out the window, has to hit his head on the glass a couple times, and then flies out. Uh, we then see the results of what exactly happened to the rest of Bart. Uh, it turns out there is a creature with the fly's head and Bart's body, and it's disgusting. Luckily, Lisa turns to the printout of the machine, which shows exactly what happened, which is very convenient. So good job, Dr. Frank, on, you know, a paper trail for your weird matter transporter that mixes up DNA somehow. Weird, but at least he left the paper trail, which is better than voting machines. Nothing? Nothing? Just going to leave that there? Fair enough. Uh, so the family lets the fly-headed creature uh, live with them, pretending it's Bart. Uh, I don't think they get that it, it's not really Bart, but yeah, it's mostly Bart. Uh, they beat him. It's <laughs> the body is Bart, but it, the the brain controlling if, it not so if much. If we're going uh, percentages, that is more Bart than the other Bart is. True, but if we're going fly Bart attribution, fly Bart is more Bart than Bart Fly is. Bart Fly is only the head. The body is way more. So. Technically, fly Bart personality and memories. That's not a person. Oh, the this crude matter. That's that's what you're saying. That that's what is us. What is comparison of mass and percentage of mass? Yeah, but it's what animates that mass. Like you can have a whole bunch of muscle, but it's not you. Your brain is what you are. So if his brain ended up on the fly body, that's Bart. I don't know. My arm is still me, man. It's still you, but you know, if it's on something else, you're not controlling it anymore. I don't know about all this. Remember, Robbie, luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. Are we? Uh, is this the, more, the second episode of our philosophy podcast? <laughs> I don't know. I just felt like throwing in a Star Wars quote. That I, I assumed you would not get. No, I just, I, I, I get it. But I mean, that's where we're, the the where we're heading down is where the, the seats of our being and all that garbage. Uh, I just say you haven't done this since the philosophy yet. So hey, I that's very true. A fly Flybart. I'm just, I'm just saying. Hey, man, Flybart didn't ask for this. Bart did all this. 
you know, this is all Bart's doing. I just have a little bit of sympathy for that poor fly who just didn't, he didn't ask to be blown up and merged with a human. That's true, he did not. But he is taking full advantage of it, just people just giving him sugar and syrup to eat. Because I guess that's what flies want. I mean, it's what, true, but hey. I, I like syrup. I'm a, like I'm a man. <laughs> a Canadian man. Not technically. Not technically, no. Uh, so eventually Bart gets tired of being a fly and teasing spiders. Uh, so he flies into Lisa, attempts to talk to her, uh, which they're actually very cleverly uh, figure out, hey, Bart can fly on Lisa's saxophone and she might actually be able to hear him, which she does. Uh, they hatch a plan to get Bart back, uh, which the plan essentially is get the... F- fly Bart to get so mad that he eats Bart fly, and then Lisa pushes them to the teleporter with the use of a, a microwave door. So, that's... Sure, that works. Whatever. Uh, and it does. <laughs> hey, it works. Uh, I saw it, Matt, alright? I don't want to hear your skepticism about this plan when I just saw it. It clearly worked. Obviously. What happens works. to the fly? Uh, we don't see. I was wondering if they would be like, Bart catches it and then kills it, or lets it go, or whatnot. Uh, I mean... Maybe it was annihilated. Maybe some because you know I don't see those teleporters plugged into anything. So maybe some matter has to be destroyed each time it's teleported to fuel the teleporter. And maybe the fly just it, it got eaten. Fusion, fusion, exactly. They're fusion powered. Sure, sure. Yep. Uh, only Professor Frank has that technology. Exactly. Bart becomes Bart. The fly becomes the fly, even though we don't see it. I'm assuming it becomes a fly. And uh, Homer is basically. Philosophical about what has happened. Well, we were lucky this time, but it's all too clear that some things in this universe aren't meant to be trifled with. Homer, what are you doing? Something I should have done a long time ago. I'll teach you to mess with my machine! Ah! I'm gonna chop you good! That cost me 35 cents! Just making it worse! I promise I won't hurt you! Yes, as Homer chases him with an axe, he promises not to hurt him. That makes sense, right? He just wants to help help chopping wood. He's going to axe him good. I don't know. Oh, Bart good. deserves all the pain he... Re- like, he did. He brought it upon himself. His his parents told him not to do it. He did it, he did it anyway. He became a fly man and a man fly. You know, axing. That's what you get. Especially in a Treehouse of Horror episode. You gotta watch out for axes. Yeah, That's true. They will do awful things to you, and then you'll just have to come back and take it again. But that is the end of our skit. And? And we go to commercial. <laughs> I need it. I need I need verbal confirmation. I'm like a flight <laughs> attendant. Uh-huh. Uh, the third third act is Easy Bake Coven. Get it? Get it? It's about witches. It's funny. It's the Salem Witch Trials. It's a lot of, uh, you know... V- Victorian literature, Scarlet, uh, the Scarlet Letter stuff in there as well. Um, we start off with some witches getting burned. You are all hereby found guilty of the crime of witchcraft. I sentence you hags to be burned at the stake until you are deemed fit to re-enter society. Fire it up, boys. In hell, Seymour. Goodbye, Mother. How horrible. If they're really witches, why don't they use their powers to escape? That sounds like witch talk to me, Lisa. Never mind. Well, that's 75 witches we've processed. That ought to show God whose side we're on, eh, Pastor? Yes, Nedwin, but we have many more strumpets to incinerate. Brothers and sisters, there is still a witch among us. 
Let us throw open the floor to uh, wild accusations. Woohoo! I accuse Goody Flanders. <laughs> I accuse Goody Badwife. Uh, we killed her on Sunday. Well, there must be someone here we can accuse. Lisa Simpson. Bart, quit it. She put a spell on me. Must drop pantaloons. <laughs> Let's come to our senses, everyone. This witch hunt is turning into a circus. She's the witch. Yeah, she's the witch. I was just about to accuse her. This is crazy. I'm not a witch. Ha! Then how come your laundry is always much whiter than mine? Oh, I've heard enough. Burn her! <laughs> I've heard enough. Uh, that's all you need to know. Laundry whiter. <laughs> Obviously, you're a witch. Uh, I really like this scene in particular. Because it mirrors a normal Simpsons episode in a lot of ways with uh, the it's true the Springfield mob, which we see from time to time, just go crazy and over nothing, over nothing, and uh, we jump right from there to Marge's quote unquote trial at the edge of a cliff. Woody Simpson is entitled to due process. Okay, here's how the process works. You sit on the broom and we shove you off the cliff. What? Well, hear me out. If you're innocent, you will fall to an honorable Christian death. If, however, you are the bride of Satan, you will surely fly your broom to safety. At that point, you will report back here for torture and beheading. Tough but fair. Stop! Doesn't the Bible say, judge not lest ye be judged? The Bible says a lot of things. Shove her! Brothers and sisters, we have performed the Lord's work and sent a good woman into his waiting. (laughs) Okay, now, let's not jump to conclusions, everyone. Well, I'll be a son of a witch. Marge is a witch. It's true. Also, the Bible says a lot of things. I mean, that's it's something we can all agree on. <laughs> it's it's one hundred percent, yeah, verifiable. It does say a lot of things. Just look at it; it's thick. There's a lot of words in there. Uh, it's true. You don't have them to actually read it. I mean, most of them probably couldn't read anyway. I mean, I I know this is supposed to be about Salem witch trials and all, but that those houses were not period appropriate. No, no, they were not. But you know. I think we can be sticklers about other things like uh, the wonderful witch process, the witch trial process. I mean, it's foolproof, Matt. If she's a witch, she'll fly. If she's not, she'll die. And if she dies, she'll go straight to heaven. But we see that Marge is a witch. Marge goes and joins her sisters, who are, of of course, Selma and Patty are also witches. Uh, And uh, before she leaves, she does make sure that Chief Wiggum is turned into a giant gopher. Uh, I believe Lou is turned into a princess. And Eddie is, what is Eddie? Eddie is he a gopher, right? No, no, no. Only Wiggum is a gopher. Eddie is turned into a. He looks similar. No, he's turned into. I had it. A snowman. He's turned into a snowman. Snowman. Oh, that's right. That's wow. That's some creativity right there. Normally, mm-hmm. just think, oh, I'll turn him into frog. But nope. Marge. Well, uh, which Marge goes the uh, extra distance? Uh, I think it goes a little bit in line with the the Halloween theme. Uh, that develops at the end of the ep- uh, at the end of the of this of this of this scene of this vignette. Uh, they plot in the mountains, and uh, they are at the same time we have Ned and Maud or Goody Flanders, uh, trying to you know afraid for their lives, afraid for their children. And the witches learn, hey, instead of just stealing from them, we can eat their children. 
But think of the children. I've heard that witches come to your house and take your children away to eat them. Mm. Eat their children? Jeez, we were just gonna swipe their shoes. But a good idea is a good idea. So, don't give witches ideas, guys! Come on! Well, they couldn't possibly know they were being watched. I mean, they didn't live in a surveillance state where everyone's being watched at all times. I mean, what kind of horrible life would that be? Huh, crap. Anyway, it would also suck to lose their shoes. Shoes cost a lot of money back then. Did they? Yep. All right. Uh... (laughs) We we they we we follow the witches. They are going around going to try to steal children. Uh, they go to the Flanders. The Flanders just give them Ron and Todd. They don't even fight them. Are they like are nope? They don't even like well, hey. The Flanders aren't about fighting in any universe. I mean, if I think if their children are being taken from them, they at least like some physical. I mean, witches aren't like maybe you could beat them. You gotta try. It's, yeah, seriously, have someone sneak up behind them. I mean, you know, muskets weren't that accurate, but if the whole town shot them at once... Throw a lantern at them. Start a, burn down the house around them. It was probably going to happen later that night anyway. Probably. But, just as they're about to take away Rod and Todd, uh, Maud offers them some gingerbread men. Or gingerbread ch- children. <laughs> However she wants to frame it. Uh, and the witches <laughs> take that instead... Uh, and then well, because it's boneless, I mean, really, well, when you think about it, I mean, it, human children just filled with tiny little bones. It's like fish. You don't want to work around that. I mean, gingerbread is so much easier. Gingerbread is. I I, I would rather eat. I agree that gingerbread tastes better than children. That is a defiant stance I take. I don't care what anyone says. I think gingerbread's better than kids. Well, not many people know how kids taste, so you know. You're probably right, but we don't know for sure. I don't, we're not going further down this road. I don't want to get any... <laughs> uh, but this uh, is the f- the first time in the night that the, the witches get food instead of children, and it starts a little bit of a tradition. What did you get? Candied apple. I got a caramel con. Mm. You know, scaring people into giving us treats is fun. We should do this every year. I just wish we hadn't filled up on all those kids before we got to the Flanders. Uh. <laughs> Yar, and that's the story of the very first Caramel Con. I mean Halloween. And it wasn't long before this yearly custom became an annual tradition. Give it some candy. Don't pretend you're not home. Dad, that's our house. (laughs) She's a witch! Get her! Is that still a Halloween tradition? You just yell, somebody's a witch, and everyone pops in for attempted murder? Uh, I don't... My Halloween tradition is... uh, Spend too much money on a costume and then get drunk. Yeah, that plus, uh, you know, getting candy from someplace and handing it out to adults. Or, I mean, you buy it the day after for really cheap. That too. And then you eat so much candy that you get sick. Well, I mean, that, that'd be a lot of candy, Robbie. I'd be 10,000 pounds before I got sick. 
I mean, I'm also hung over the day after Halloween generally. So then adding like 40 Reese's little, you know, the, the, the cups that are also pumpkin shaped. <laughs> I'm it. That's not, it does not make my tummy feel good. That is how the episode Aww. ends. Lisa is a witch apparently because she corrected Homer reinforcing uh, the patriarchy of the Salem witch trials because the, a man accused a woman of something, and it's true. Ah, uh, isn't patriarchy fun? I, I I think it's another road we shouldn't probably go any further down. No, you're probably right. Uh, I, I mean, it's just a horror episode. I think we say this every time. They're always, they're always, there is a, and I said at the beginning of the episode, it's a consistent level of fun and it kind of just it whimsical and scary all at the same time. It is a nice little mix of, of things and nothing, there's no consequences. And, and I think, I don't want that in every Simpsons episode, but once a once or twice a year little release valve where they can do silly stuff that doesn't matter at the end of the day, I'm all for it. It's all great. Trails of Horror is always good. Good, but in this case, mm, we'll see how great it is. Oh, all right. I don't know. I like I like them all. I like some more than others. Yeah, I'm... I'm... Hey, hey, it's 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 called a lead. Just, oh, just go with it here. We're teasing. Our late, we're we will teasing. rank. We will rank these segments at the end of the show. No submissions for this for my favorite episode. However, if you do have a favorite episode, uh, submit it to SimpsonsShowPod at gmail.com explaining why a certain episode is your favorite, and I will read it when we get there. This, uh, the, the what was I going to say? I, my brain completely just shut off. I don't know. I don't know. I usually tune you out for this portion. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments to the news group. Swear I comb the old alt.tv.simpsons news group. See what people are talking about. A week or two after an episode debuted. See uh, what people thought of it, etc. They liked it. Everyone liked it. Some loved it. Well, that just goes to show you how universal the love of comedy and horror, the combination of those two is. I mean, Young Frankenstein's amazing. Not going to get an argument from me about Young Frankenstein. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's universally positive. And I think that's like most Trails of Horrors are almost all universally positive because they're like, even if you don't like a segment, it is seven minutes long and it's over. You can, and, and you're move, moving along to something uh, you probably uh, will like. Yeah, exactly. You'll probably like the next one. Also, a little interesting news article uh, that I, I thought was interesting uh, called Simpsons. Not it's it, This is the title of the headline. Simpsons, not series, one young viewers. For anyone under the age of 35, the October Classic apparently does not refer to the World Series anymore. It refers to the Halloween episode of The Simpsons. In development that underscores the problem that Major League Baseball has created for itself in attracting young fans, seventh game of the World Series on October 26th, which otherwise attracted enormous ratings as a television event, was not the event of choice at 8 p.m. for adults between the ages of 18 and 34 and teenagers. In those categories, an even separate category consisting of just men aged th- 18 to 34, the Trios 8th episode of The Simpsons beat the game in the ratings. Indeed, aside from the 7th game, The Simpsons episode beat every other World Series game last week among all viewers under 49. Take that, baseball. Yeah, sports. Psh, you, you hold nothing compared to The Simpsons. Well, I don't... The 97 World Series was the Cleveland Indians and the Florida Marlins. Ooh, that, that must have been a rough one. The Marlins were an I expansion team. They, they barely had any fans. And the Cleveland Indians, while their own core fan base is very dedicated, they're not necessarily a big market team. They're not the Yankees. They're not the Dodgers. They're not going to bring in a bunch of outside viewers. So I, that makes 
I would I would also watch Trails of Horror over that probably. Well, I'm sure most people will. I mean, baseball is not nearly as popular as it used to be. It's not true, Matt. You think it, baseball is gaining in popularity? Yeah, baseball is doing quite well right now. Really? That's interesting. I would not have guessed. I never hear anybody talk about baseball at all. I might say that maybe is perhaps because you do not float in any social circles that are necessarily obsessed with sports. That is probably true. I mean, I just work in the industry is all. I know, but all. all you do is look at your tablet and wait for something to break, right? That's not always true. (laughs) <laughs> Occasionally, I force myself to talk to people. Oh. It's very boring, but I do it. <laughs> okay, I, that's that's good. I, that's a, at least you try. Uh, that's that's about it. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is gonna give me something stupid. Well, hot dog. We have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is: What is your least favorite reference? meaning pop culture or like, I mean, most things, honestly, which is the one that stands out to you that you just don't like uh, a lot of great answers. I always appreciate, appreciate the people who take the time. Uh, our first answer is from Sean. Least favorite reference, Mapple. It's an uninspired, lazy, and contrived attempt at the kind of satire that helped make The Simpsons legendary. Contrast in a recurring Mapple segment, which there are too many, with DOS Boost 20 years earlier, which manages to satirize Lord of the Flies, the show itself, and the rise of the internet. Bill Gates buys out Complu Global Hyper Meganet. When people reference Zombie Simpsons, Mapple, and its ilk are symptoms. Uh, from Gaspar, Harry Potter and the Halloween episode. It was that Halloween episode that I realized the Simpsons are no longer for me. Unlike the Godfather or Citizen Kane, they were now referencing things I knew about, but never cared for. Yes, I don't care for Harry Potter. That's fair. Uh, from Chris, not a big fan of the whole Jetsons thing with the Great Gazoo, or as he's called in the Simpsons, Osmodiar. Just always hated it for some reason. Uh, Jonathan, not a fan of the clever ripoff of products like MyPod or Angelica Button for Harry Potter. Uh, Brian, the whole Melrose Place framing of that 90s show, terrible. I agree. Uh, Kevin, that whole Kesha opening. She didn't earn a spot with the greats that have been on the show before. Eh, oh, by this time, there's there's people who deserve it less than, than Kesha, I would say, actually. Well, yeah, it's true. Uh, Alistair, anything from that stupid Debarded episode? Woo! <laughs> uh, Shamsula at IRCK84. Worst reference is probably John Bull's fish and chips from Homer versus the 18th Amendment. Very poor taste. Yeah, that one, that's not just like, that's a pretty, like, I'm not a person that is going to say, oh, that's so offensive, but that's pretty offensive. Uh, Tom at Ed Kitten. Uh, the Willie does the basic instinct police interrogation scene. Uh, Izzy at Izzy Steak Fries. The Budweiser Frogs, Coors Alligator, and the Springfield Files. Reference is so out of place, it feels like a paid ad. Yeah, it kind of does. Steven at Senior Puddin. Whatever they reference, how crappy Fox is. It's a joke that got stale a long time ago. And finally, A at Dr. Bob Blah Blah. It's a good <laughs> handle. Run Lola, run la- reference uh, in the Trilogy of Errors. Although it was a cool framing device, the premise was flimsy, the detached thumb was gross, and no payoff. Yeah, I think that that's actually, I think, a good description of a lot of the quote-unquote bad uses. Uh, Matt, what is your answer? Uh, I'm going to have to go with the entire episode uh, where Homer and Wally, uh, I don't forget what his last name is, go to the Super Bowl. I mean, I, I don't know if you really call it a reference, but that whole thing and all the, the allusions to, you know, football stuff just seems so boring. It's actually one of my least favorite episodes. It's, it's just not something I enjoyed at all. But I, I, if you if you allow me to call that a reference, that's what I would go with. We'll accept it. That's fine. It's referencing uh, culture, football culture. 
Fair enough. Yeah, that's it. I have a lot of them, I could say. <laughs> uh, but I think I'm going to... After I read it, I think, yeah, the John Bull's Fish and Chips and the, the whole, like... References to the IRA in, uh, however, 18th yeah, Amendment. Yeah. It's all very bad. That's really bad. And that's in the There's quote unquote. cheer for it. It's like, ooh. That's, yeah, that's really, it's really kind of gross. Um, next week's question. I'm, we've had a couple negative, negative questions past couple weeks. There's the whole, everything's terrible right now. I'm, make it positive. What is your favorite Simpsons related memory? Hmm. Whatever it is. What's the thing? What? What's some Simpsons nostalgia you got? Hey, I was a kid. I watched it with my dad, or I watched it with my children, etc. Anything. I just happy things, right? Nice times. I post Everyone, this... let's let's not pay attention to the current things, or at well, least for a moment. I, not pay attention I, to the... I would say not keep. It, I would keep an eye on everything. <laughs> don't 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 stop paying attention, but just try and maintain sanity. I think is you need to have like a functioning brain to be a person. I post this question on all our social media, facebook.com slash the Simpson Show Pod, Twitter at Simpson Show Pod, and you can email us to Simpson Show Pod at gmail.com. Links to all those places are on our website, which is SimpsonShow.com. We can move on, Matt. Yay. It is time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I challenge each other with three trivia questions, one easy, one medium, one hard. Try and stump the other. Uh, we have a. I think we've decided. We've decided on a wager for season nine. Uh, this is suggested by at Afterthief on Twitter, uh, Neil, and he's. I think it's a very good idea, and I think it's a fun one. It is whoever loses must write and perform their own Trios of Horror segment with all their ba- our bad voices, and it, a little bit. Of, there's some creativity in there as well. I I I already have my idea. If I lose, if. I feel like both of us are going to spend the entire season actually writing this just in case we lose. No, I'll, nah, I'll write it after. I don't want to, you know, if not, I'll write it whenever I, you know, I'm trying to pitch my Simpsons ideas that I'm, to the other writers that, you know, they listen to random people on Twitter, right? Sure. Sure they do. Sure. I'm sure they don't get bombarded with terrible ideas for episodes all day long, every day. I don't mind even, we're not affiliated with the Simpsons. People still email me randomly. Here's an idea. I'm like, what? I don't think they realize that we're a podcast, but still, if I, I, I sympathize. All right, Matt, give me an easy question. All right, so your easy question for today. In Homer Defined, what foodstuff does Homer get as a reward for averting the meltdown? I believe it's a ham. You would be correct. Eeny, meeny, biny, mo. All right, <laughs> you're, this is from Bart the Daredevil. Oh, man, going way back. Season two. Which daredevil inspires Bart to become one himself? I mean, it'd be Lance Murdoch. That is correct. That is correct. What is my medium question? All right, sir. What was Homer doing when he was ignoring his training on how to avert a meltdown? He was playing with a... Trying to solve a Rubik's Cube. Oh, man. I thought that might be too easy, and I was right. Shucks. I, uh... I don't know if you remember this, Matt, but Homer Defined was on a VH te- VHS tape uh, So <laughs> as a child. So I watched that episode many times. Your medium question. Mm-hmm. What is in the pool that Lance Murdoch jumps over? Okay, let's see. Uh, there's lions and piranhas and a uh, great white shark. 
and hmm, there's five things. You've gotten three of them. Okay. Uh, let's see, lions, sharks, piranhas, a drop of human blood. That's the important one, of course. I didn't include that, but yeah. sure. Oh, I think that should count. Okay, then there's six things, and you've named four of them. That makes you feel no, better. Oh, I didn't mean like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> see, what else did he have in there? I believe he had tigers and wolves. Let's go with wolves. Sure, why not? I will give you one point, Matt, for that. All right. Because it is great white sharks, electric eels, piranhas, alligators, and one lion. One lion, that's right. Okay, alligators and electric eels. Okay. Remember that for next time you ask this question. Bone, am I going to ask it? I probably will. We've got another 450 episodes ago. We're going to do these things again. Okay, what's my yeah. hard question? All right, I, I worry that you're going to get this too. But what is the name of the owner of the Shelbyville nuclear power plant? Oh, man, you've asked me this question before too. Have I really? <laughs> you have. And I've forgotten it already. I'm that, I'm, uh, that's the thing. It is, he's Greek. I remember that. He's voiced by... Uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, the critic guy. I think I've asked you this part of a trivia before. You, I think you have. Uh, his. It, I, I searched my spreadsheet, and that the name is not in there more than uh, once. Oh, okay, all right. Um, it is a long Greek name. It is. Oh, it is. I can. I can do this. It is. I don't know. I can't think of any. I'm like I'm thinking of. Keep thinking of George Stephanopoulos, and he's a political guy. He's not a fictional character. No, uh, he's not. <laughs> or I think of uh, the, the guy who was in Community, Dino Starburns. Starburns. Oh, Starburns, yeah. Dino Steph- Stephanopoulos. He has a long, he has a Greek name, too. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Some, Aristophilus. Something Aristophilus. What is it? Just tell me. Final answer? Sure. What is it? I'm afraid it's Aristotle Amadopoulos. Aristotle Amadopoulos. All right. That's where I was getting the A A sounds. I was thinking of the A sounds. Okay. Your hard question. Who are the other drivers advertised for the Monster Truck Rally besides Truckosaurus? Oh, the other drivers? Yes. There's an advertisement for the Monster Truck Rally on the television. And they go, featuring blah, 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 and Truckosaurus. So there's three is what you're saying. I am. I am saying there are three other things listed in the advertisement. <laughs> Boy, it's been a long time since I watched this episode. I don't get around to season two very much. Bart Daredevil's great. I like Bart the Daredevil. It is. It's a good episode. It's just not one of those I watch a whole lot. Um, I honestly have zero idea of any of them. None of them are coming to mind. It's a very hard question, Matt. Apparently it is. Are you, you, I give up. You give up? All right. It is give up. Don the Crusher Woodard, John the Skunk Tremaine, oh, God. and finally, the Team Kamaratsu Dirt Riding Dunk Masters. Of course. Of course. Of course. I, I remember all of those now. <laughs> I totally remember ever hearing those names ever. I have to, Matt, I have to, this is what, this is what it's going to take. Apparently, apparently you weird names that uh, happen in the background while somebody else is talking. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, as I'm looking over these episodes, I, re- I, I realize that I've already asked questions about a lot of things in them, and I'm trying to make new questions. Yeah. Uh, but no, uh, that, that leaves us tied after four episodes, Matt, 12 to 12. 
It's an unfamiliar feeling. I'm not used to it. Yep, yep. I'm going easy on it this year. Trying to be a little closer. Mm-hmm. You just want to perform for people. You want to show your ability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have some. I have some bonus questions for you, though, man. All right. These are from from John, who has he found a Simpsons trivia book, and oh, uh, Lord. he there's they're, they're question they're divided into Homer questions, which are easy questions, Marge, which are medium questions, and Lisa, which are hard questions. And he is given oh. me he has given me some Lisa questions for you. These are good. Uh, I like these questions a lot. Uh, the children of Springfield start the pirate radio show We Know All Your Secrets after watching which creepy movie? Oh, um, it's Children of the Corn ripoff. Oh my gosh. Actually, I can't a, even remember that. Actually, it's a Village of the Damned ripoff. Different oh, thing. yeah, sorry, sorry. Village of the Damned. Um, they sneak out to watch it. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, oh, I have no idea the name. It is not coming to mind at all. The Bloodening. The, uh, of course, the major bloodening. Yes. Uh, a great Hol- nurse in ter- a nurse trained in terror will be on site. Homer pledges ten thousand dollars to save his br- favorite British comedy show, but what is it called? Oh, oh, um, do shut up. That is correct. Good job. What is yes. the name? What is the name of the health spa in which Homer is nearly killed in a steam room? What is the name of the what now? Health spa in which Homer is nearly health killed. Health spa. That's the the Bob episode with Frank Grimes Jr. Right. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It is the Stagnant Spring Spa. I believe it is. That's my. That's what oh, I think nice. it is. I don't know for sure. What is the name of the shopping mall built on Sabretooth Meadow? Uh, it is the... It's like the North Shore Mall or something stupid like that, I thought. Mm, it's from Lisa the Skeptic. I know, but that's the one I'm going to go with is the North Shore Mall. Lisa the Skeptic, Angel Skeleton, Heavenly Hills. Heavenly Hills. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, this will be the last one for today. Larry Kitkill is the homer, the owner of which place in Springfield? Oh, uh, these are hard, man. They're Lisa questions. I know, I know. Apparently, I'm only at the Marge level today. Is the zoo? You're correct. Oh yes, because it's the Apu that ate it, misbehaving. That's what it is. Okay, phew. <sighs> yeah, good job, Matt. You got most of them right. Yay! You just missed a couple. Okay, you missed three out of five, but you know those are very hard yeah. questions. They're hard questions. Sixty percent—that's totally uh, a miss, a good miss rate. But we can move on to our final segment, a segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show, Matt. And I rank the episodes categorically, watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Um, in this case, we're doing chance horror segments. We rank them separately, and uh, we'll just go down the list um, from beginning to end. We have uh, the Omega Man. Where does that go, man? Hmm. It's okay. It's not great. I'm thinking somewhere around 13, 14. Uh, I really enjoy the monkey's paw. Omega Man is good, but I don't know. It just it lacks something particularly scary. It's a good idea, though. I don't know. I'd probably put it a little bit lower than that. Oh, okay. I mean, I was trying to be generous. I mean... I put it. I I think it's it's fine. I think it's the weakest of the three. Yeah. Uh, I would put it below Genesis Tub. I put it up right above Homer Stein, probably. I can definitely be okay with that. So Omega Man, that's number seventeen, right now. Until we have the others. Uh, fly versus Fly. It's my favorite of these three. Yeah, that that one's actually really good. I I enjoy it. I'm I like, thinking somewhere. Go ahead. I was gonna say I I like it a lot. I think. Uh, it, I, I think it's top ten. I think it is. I don't know. Probably, 
Probably number eight for me. Eight, okay. I was going to say it was either seven or eight because I, I kind of like it more than Homer Cube, but Homer Cube is so powerful and so, you know, classic. Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, eight, eight works for me, you know. Okay. I, I think Homer Fly Cube... Fly versus Fly is, is better than eating children. I, I Yes. <laughs> Quincely enough, eating children has come up more than once in a Shreya Sahara episode. Um, Weird. Am I, am I boring you, Matt? Nope. Nope, not at all. Not and finally, all. we have Easy Bake Coven. Which I think is fun, hmm. but it's also very, it's short. It, it, it's kind of like, it, it feels like the other two took up a lot of time and they had to get into something that would be quick. Yeah. I kind of feel like it should be like right below Nightmare on Evergreen Terrace because I really enjoy the Nightmare on Elm Street spoof. Uh, and, but I kind of like the, uh, Coven one better than Monkey's Paw. Mm, I think it's, I think I put it right below Monkey's Paw. Right below, I can. I'm okay with that. I mean, Monkey's Paw. It's 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 around that level. Yeah, I I like. I mean, I say monkey. It's better than Monkey Monkey's Paw because Monkey Paw has board with a nail in it. That's true. The best weapon of all time. You know, the top end weapon in every game since. <laughs> so that let's see. Uh, after today's rankings, we have Fly versus Flight at number eight, Easy Bay Coven at number 15, and Home Mega Man at number 19. Number one is still the Shinning. Last is a Bad Dream House. Uh, Chaos of Horror rankings, they're gonna... I don't know if any... I, I'm Shinning's tough to beat. If we get anything above Shinning, yeah. I'd be surprised. But who knows? There's I a lot There's a lot of them to go. We have a, There's a lot True. of Chaos of Horror. Maybe this year's will be better. It might be. It's It's possible. Uh, but you can find this list on our website, simply the simpsonshow.com links to everything there to our Facebook, to our Twitter, to our RSS feed links to our Patreon. You want to throw the show a couple dollars? We'd appreciate that. Help keep us going. Um, I think that'll do it for us today. You can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. Uh, please subscribe to my newsletter. It's tinyletter.com slash Robbie Dorman once a week, every Monday. Check out my other podcast, Handsome Boys Comics Hour. It's about comic books. And uh, The Serial Fanaticist, which is about a lot of different things. A uh, newest episode about is about The Prisoner. So we go through all the episodes of a spectacular spectacular television show. Matt does not participate in social media. unless a certain level of Patreon backer you will not find him. That's true. However, after the hurricane this weekend, I will suddenly be sending out updates over, you know, nature's Twitter, a.k.a. rearranging sticks on my roof. So, yay Google Earth. I don't... I don't think Google Earth like refreshes their images that often, do they? Oh no, it's it's completely real time now. Is it? No, <laughs> that doesn't seem possible. <laughs> that seems like incredibly no, no, it expensive. Definitely does not. Okay. You won't be able to see my updates after a few years. Oh, after a few years. So those uh-huh. those of you who are listening to this in the future, check it out because everyone knows exactly where, Matt, where Matt's house is. It's true. Uh, all right, folks. Think I'll do it. I'm Robbie, and I'm Matt. And keep watching this episode. Shh.